Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Fires of the Dead, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Rob. It's me. I'm Rob J. Hayes, author of... I've got a book. There you go. It's Prince of Vengeance. And Dirk. I'm Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus Trilogy. And today we're going to be talking about theme. So... Theme is something I've been thinking about a bit selfishly recently. I'm starting a new book project. And with a lot of my previous novels, one of the things that made the first draft very easy to write was some initial understanding of what my story was going to be about from a thematic level. So sort of when I talk about theme, I don't just mean something like love, death, revenge. I generally mean that in terms of more of a sort of moral question that your story is going to explore. So instead of love, death, revenge, it would be like, when is it appropriate to seek revenge at the expense of other things? And then that theme allows you to have different characters that respond to it in different ways, um, thus generating potentially your story conflict. And with a lot of my previous books, I've always had a good idea of what the theme was sort of before I went into writing it. With this new project, I've got a lot of different ideas, but I feel like I don't have that, that sort of, internal really strong sense of what this story is about on a thematic level and i just want to ask you guys what do you think and what is your approach when it comes to developing the theme for the story is it something that you think about consciously is it something that you can only point out after you've written and published the whole thing basically do you guys think it's an issue that i don't have this at this stage right now i haven't really started outlining it properly it's still just been sort of rough ideas and everything um, but yeah, just curious to sort of get your take on it and um, hopefully resolve some of the the uh, crises that I'm going through trying to figure out what my story is. So basically, this episode, we are here to assuage uh, Jed's anxiety. Yes, this is the counselling episode. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really easy 
Jed. Just make the book about me. Ah, I see. So it's a story all books about, are about Dirk Ashton. Dirks. Well, no, all books are by Dirk Ashton. <laughs> but how can they both be by Dirk Ashton and about uh, all books memoirs? That's why you... they're about Dirk Ashton. That makes a lot of sense. Dirk Ashton is all of us. That's it. Um, no, seriously, um, help me out here. <laughs> I need some answers. Okay, so I, I don't think you need to go into a book with an idea about theme, personally. I think it's very much dependent. I mean, this is coming from the, the you know, the, the pantser of the group, obviously. But I, I read, not really, I, I sometimes go into a book with a, with a very clear idea of a theme. So, you know, I, I've, uh, last year I went into a book knowing that I wanted to explore the theme of um, humanity against nature and, you know, sort of the idea of climate change and how it can, you know, how, how the, the planet can sort of start biting back, as it were. That was a, a very much a theme that I wanted to explore within it. Um, it wasn't the only one, but that was it, it was one of the major ones. And it, it, when I started writing the book, I knew that's what I wanted it to be about. Um, but then there are other times, like when I was writing uh, um, Along the Razor's Edge, I had no idea what the theme was going to be. I just I, I just had the character. I had the main character of Eska in my head and I wanted and, and the setting that she was going to be in. And I just started writing the book. And it wasn't until about sort of, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 percent of the way through the book. that I, I, I realized that the major theme was basically dealing with um depression and anxiety um it, it was you know sort of like the, uh, the the character's battle with it and how it was sort of coming across and and, and all of that lot. It, to the point where I, I realized that one of the characters i'd written was a literal embodiment of her anxiety um so it, it was a weird one the thing was kind of there as I was writing it, but it didn't present, I didn't realize it was there. It didn't present itself to me until I was most of the way through the book. So I think that quite often you don't need to necessarily have a theme, but as you are writing it, you will discover the theme that it fits into that you are trying to explore with the book, if that makes sense. That is reassuring because it's interesting you brought up Along the Razor's Edge because I feel like that is one of the books that feels the most thematically coherent and like one of the books that really feels like this is not to discount your other books or whatever, but it really feels like it's about something. And I think that recently there've just been a lot of things that I've, I've sort of read and watched and we've sort of talked about a few of them offline, but I won't, I won't degrade a good name on the audio waves. There's a lot of things where it felt like it wasn't really about something. And it was exciting and on the surface it had conflict, it had tension, maybe it had some interesting characters, but the stories that really stand apart for me are the ones that feel like they are actually about something meaningful that keeps you thinking long after you just close the final pages and you're like, huh, I wonder what I actually would do in that situation. I wonder what the correct moral response is to that particular problem that they're facing. Um, And I feel like Along the Razor's Edge has that. It has that sense of here's this yeah, tough thing that they're sort of grappling with. Um, and the whole environment of the book is designed to kind of reflect Eska's sense of, you know, her being depressed and her being oppressed um, by these forces outside of her life because she's like in a cave the whole time. It's like in total darkness. Like what better kind of metaphor could you get for that particular situation? So that's interesting that it came to you sort of 
during the writing process for the book as yeah. well. It, it all it all made sense in the end because mm. um, it, it is it, it, in in the sense of it's in a cave. She's she's trapped. It's a, it, you know it's that sense of anxiety as well where you're trapped in your own mind. Um, and yeah, it all it all weirdly came together in this sort of like strange way that it probably shouldn't have, but it, it just did. But I I honestly when I started writing it, I had no idea what the theme was going to be. So yeah, don't don't think that you can't start writing a book but without having this 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 very clear idea of theme. I I, I I think that it'll probably come to you as long as you're open to exploring it. But yeah, the other option is you just have no theme and you just write a popcorn book that is easily digestible that won't yeah. leave anybody with anything after they've finished it. And might sell just as well, if not better than anything else. Yeah, Correct. That, I mean, that's another question is, do books have to have a theme? Yeah. Um, and I think that um, if a book is well written, um, it's people are going to get a theme out of it no matter what. Um, I think it's almost impossible to write a book without a theme um, that, uh, that doesn't have something like even a book that is completely popcorn and has no deeper thought at all can be truly enjoyable to read but part of what i get out of that is that is that uh it's uh, uh almost a, its theme is a, as an anti-thematic statement right so it's there's you know i don't i don't know that they all have to have a purposeful one as long as the story and the motivations of the characters and everything is consistent as you go through as long as basically if it's well written but um Stephen King in on writing um and uh I found his that this piece of advice to be really helpful to me is that uh he doesn't have themes when he starts um, when he finishes a manuscript, he puts it away for a month or two months. He can afford to do that because he writes so quickly and, and, uh, and he's already rich. Most, you know, generally I'm still rewriting when beta readers are reading it and while editors are, <laughs> and proofers are checking it, um, right after I finish the first draft, I might take a day. But that's usually because I have to take a day to catch up with a bunch of other stuff because I'm under mm. my own deadline. But um, then, he then he reads he reads back through it and and reading it, he takes some notes and that's where he comes up with his theme. Then he goes back and tweaks, maybe adds a little thing here, um, uh, makes something a little more consistent there. And he adds his theme. He finds that the book had a theme all along. And he just needs to clean it up. Um, so um, that 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 has worked for me a lot. I mean, when I started the Paternus trilogy, um, I had some little ideas about um, uh, meaning of uh, of family, you know, involving all kinds of things from having no parent and uh, maybe one or multiple. Um, mother and father figures, parent figures um, to, you know, and having no real ties um, in family um, to being thrown into one of the most, well, the most dis 
oldest and most dysfunctional family in in the entire world history of sure. the world so um it was as i went through and when i went back that i did shore up some of those things but you know i've also got themes where um about um the difference between um motivations and the differences between good and evil right between good and bad in a in a in a more nichean sense um and um what you know is it okay to do bad things um for um what you feel are good reasons and then how far can that go right um does does the um does the um uh, and justify the means where is the where is the slider on that line where any means justifies the end or is it up and down because we're all on that gray scale somewhere right mm. um uh so i uh, explore things like that um through a couple of the characters one in particular but um uh are they a good guy at the end or not? You know, it's, um, it's really, it's really, um, and regardless of what somebody's motivations might be all the way through what they do in the final, you know, in the climax or, or at the end of the book, is that what matters or does it matter what they did all the way through? Right. You know, like in Lord of the Rings is one of those really odd. It's one of the reasons that scholars have just, been fascinated with that book for so long is that Frodo is a good guy with a noble cause, right? And just a regular person, but he completely fails mm. at the end. And he is not, even though he got the ring there, it's Smeagol who is the hero, right? Who is the rotten character all the way through. What? If it so sums the hero personally, but you know, whatever. Well, yeah, in yeah, Sam but, but Sam, yeah. but Sam, but it is, it is Smeagol. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not saying this is what I believe, but these are the arguments that can be made because without Smeagol biting off Frodo's finger, yeah, it doesn't falling work. with the ring, it might still be around. It would still mm. be around because he would have gotten invisible and probably got around Sam. Yeah, but I, I, I. I don't think you, I mean, I don't know. There's obviously, as you say, I'm not saying that Sam is, I'm not saying that Sam is bad or the, that, that Smeagol is good, but the, yeah, you're right. If Smeagol was not present in that scene, is a little the ring probably wouldn't have been destroyed. I guess, yeah, you're right. That is interesting. Like the, probably one of the reasons why that story has endured is to a large extent because of the complexities it was willing to show with the characters. Like it doesn't just have, yeah. people be good throughout and get good results from being good throughout like sometimes good results happen from the characters being bad quote unquote bad sometimes bad results happen from characters being good and yeah you can make the right yeah. decisions all the way along and still fail mm. yeah um there's also the i mean if you look at something like lord of the rings there's also like you were saying, people will take their own themes from it as well. Yes, you could also exactly. take the, very much take the theme of power corrupts mm. from you know mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings as well. So yeah, that's yeah. What come to my mind. So yeah. exactly, it, it's, absolutely. It, it in in some ways it's very much like you know all art being subjective, 
eye of the beholder type stuff, people yep. will see in it what they they see in it. So yeah, sometimes yeah. what they want to see in it, and sometimes they yeah, which will make them like it or hate it, and sometimes because it's not what they want to see in it, which will make them be either like wow or I hate it. <laughs> so you you write a book, but every single person who reads it is reading a different book. Yes. Yep. That's good. Um, so yeah. yeah. That's why some people love some books and some people hate yeah. some books. And a lot of times I think that that readers um, and include, you know, that includes me, um, really don't know why we really love a book or write a book uh, or, or not love a book. Um, I mean, I think about that uh, a lot. Um, so I try to come up with reasons for it. Um, I think that your, your, your average general reader um, either, either likes or doesn't and might have some reason, but it can be just as much as it was a really fun story and I really liked the main character. Um, it can be as simple as that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but I try to take all kinds of things uh, into consideration when I read books and try to decide how I like, you know, why I like them or why I don't, or what about them. Usually it's what about what little things in there did I like and what little things or scenes did I not like, right? And I try to not to do the things that, that I don't like in books. And I try to do the things that I do like in books. I think it, the point that probably stands out to me the most from what you guys are saying is the whole idea of if you throw enough, maybe throw isn't the right word. If you carefully curate enough interesting ideas and concepts in your story, it's going to give readers this kind of mess of, you know, like a Rorschach ink test that they can take away any sort of theme that they want from it um, without you necessarily having to decide on what the theme is yourself. I suppose right. it's still useful to know what the kind of the theme is that is the reason why you're exploring it. But I do mm -hmm. find a lot of merit in the stories where you experience it, you watch it, you read it, and you're like, oh, this is what it's about. Of course, like that's what the creator was planning. And I really like the fact that it was exploring this thing. And then maybe, you know, months, years later, you come across an interview with the writer or the creator and they go, oh, this is the thing that I was talking about. And it's completely different to your interpretation of what that story's theme is. And for me, like that is a much richer and more engaging experience rather than just going, oh yeah, I thought this story was about this thing. And the creator said it was about this thing. Like that's not wrong by any means. And that can still be yeah. great because you're like, yeah, like, mm -hmm he or she they nailed it and they knew exactly how to make me feel the things that they wanted me to feel but there is something to be said for those stories where there is enough like complexity and interestingness in it such that you can sort of just take away whatever you want from it um so yeah i think that's a interesting point and yeah i do feel a lot more relieved at the fact that i don't have the idea right now and also i haven't even really started outlining it yet so it'll probably come to me you know during that phase I mean, yeah you're, you're very early you, you certainly oh, can you can go into a book straight away knowing this will be one of the themes that I explore. Mm. Um, and I haven't. I, I, so I, I certainly have done that with um, when I was writing Spirits of Vengeance. Mm. I, I knew because by that point, I'd already written two Mortal Techniques books. And I, I knew that one of the, the themes that was running through the entire series was this idea of dealing with trauma. 
um, rather than sort of running from it. So I knew that that was going to be a one of the themes that was going to be within the book. But yeah, I mean, you can you can certainly just approach a book and have no idea uh, what what the themes are going to be or anything like that. You just like, well, we'll we'll figure it all out. Yes, I mean, and you will because because it will come up because you, like a reader, will see a theme yeah. in there or several um, when you go through it. So I think. Mm takeaway is you don't have to have one to start so don't let that be another barrier for authors that's um, right there are already that, more don't than let that obstacles. be yet another barrier to not start writing it's a good way of trying to figure out what's going on in your own head you just write and see what theme comes to the surface you're like oh yeah and like king says it might not come to you until after you're all done and for then sure. And then look back through it or and think about it. Um, I, I often um, wonder about. Hmm. Um, uh, I've often wondered about um, uh, like really themat, truly like thematic books like um, uh, Orwell in 1984. What was he thinking when he started? Right, because it's about a very specific. Oh, thing. absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Um, or Bradbury and Fahrenheit 451, right? Um, they are very thematic books about particular things that they that they believed, and then um, then and they're pretty darn consistent. You know, they are about a particular thing, and they stay about that, and it's not really questioned. Um, and then there's like a Clockwork Orange where you have these this society and then you have these different groups that feel different ways and it question it's like set something up as that yeah this is good but who is this good maybe it is good is hmm. this good you know you don't it's much more um uh plays the plays the things back and forth and abercrombie did that with his latest trilogy um no spoilers you know, haven't read the recent trilogy. No, yet. it's um. I've read any of them yet. <laughs> it's uh uh. It, I've read all three now, and um, he's you know, he he is much more in that gray. What you oh, know, yeah. these things have to happen. But man, look at what happens when it happens. Mm. Did it have to happen? And yeah, it probably did. But yeah, it's uh um. Obviously, that's those are things I think that those authors particularly wanted to explore and knew that when they started, um, they had a very strong sense of the theme and themes that they wanted to um, get across. Um, but again, I don't think that that's absolutely necessary when writing. Sure. All right. Well, that's probably a good spot to wrap this episode up thank you for being my writing counselors for this episode <laughs> that could have been a that could have been a good alternate title for this podcast actually it's just like writing therapy <laughs> <laughs> jed's counseling session jed's counseling i think session. i think a whole lot of our episodes are that pretty much mostly mostly for ourselves mostly yeah, it yeah. is the case of like i'll think of a topic that i'm struggling with and i'm like Hey guys, just asking for a friend here. How can you <laughs> yeah. make themes work? Um, no, thank you uh, to our patrons as well. Particularly, thank you to Christopher and Daniel, our high tier patrons. If you want to help support the show and get access to uh, some cool exclusive bonuses like free advanced reader copies of our books and ad free access to these episodes, 
as, as well as uh, priority Q&A access too, you can go to patreon.com forward slash wizards warriors words link to that also in the show notes as well also if you're on spotify listening to this episode you may have access to a video podcast feature which is this pretty cool nifty thing where um on spotify normally it's just an audio player so when we say point to a book that we're holding up you can't see what that is but i think spotify have now added in a thing where you should be able to see this episode like visually which is kind of cool um Ooh, so pretty we all are we yeah are exactly it, it might make our listenership rates plummet after this oh that's the faces yeah. mm. hey, you, you get faces you get to you get to see an arcane style anime of- <laughs> <laughs> that's it um yeah so yeah let us know if you are on spotify if you if you do use the video feature or if it's just something that like i personally don't use it for podcasts i have video features because i'm like oh, i just want to listen to this and i don't want to be distracted by it but it's a cool thing to have there um would also love to know let us know what do you think about when it comes to themes in the stories that you read is it something that for you is important to have some sort of thematic uh piece to a book in order to elevate it to that next level is it something that you truly don't care about uh either way or the other would just love to sort of know your opinion on it as well and and see if it kind of lines up with what we're saying or if it's totally different so Feel free to either, um, I think if you are on Spotify, this sounds like I'm plugging Spotify. We're not sponsored by them or anything. Although if they do want to throw us money, feel free. <laughs> not going to happen. Um, but oh, also side note on Spotify, I think they're going to move into audiobooks soon because they just bought Findaway Voices, uh, recent acquisition. So very soon in the future, they might have like a subscription model for audiobooks. That's my theory, at least. We'll see how that plays out in the future. Um but yeah, like feel free to let us know using like little comments box down on Spotify or send us an email, wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com. That was a lot of plugs. Uh, thank you everybody for listening <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we will see you next time. Bye everybody. See ya. All right, thanks everybody. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.